Hello, and welcome to our podcast, That Human Touch, Health Innovation in West Sweden. We're going to showcase some of the cool things happening in the region with the amazing people making them happen. It's about life science, health innovation, and that special human touch. Today, we have an exciting episode lined up for you. Not only will we be chatting with our main guest, Maggie Holm from Chalmers, uh, but stay tuned because after that, we've got a special treat for you. We're very, very pleased that uh, Maggie Holm has joined us in the studio today here at GoCo. So Maggie, she's an assistant professor in chemical biology at Chalmers University of Technology. And uh, besides her uh, day job of uh, doing fantastic things in her lab, she's also uh, uh, an integral part of the Formula X project. So Maggie, it's uh, wonderful to have you here. You're, a, you're actually, an, an, like me, a native of the UK, um, but it's wonderful to have you here in uh, West Sweden. Thanks very much for having me, Jamie. Yeah, you can you can hear I'm from Scotland from my accent, I think. It's a lovely accent. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and maybe we could just kick off by uh, asking a little bit about you and your story. So, uh, yeah, who, so who are you and what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, so, um, yeah, my, my name is Maggie. I'm from Scotland originally, as you can probably tell. Um, and uh, I've always been really interested with how things work. So in my, in my undergraduate at Imperial College in London, I, um, uh, I studied chemistry. Um, and then I ended up uh, working for a year in the labs of Hoffman LaRoche. And um, I got really interested in understanding kind of how these bigger constellations work towards designing stuff to help the patient. Um, so during my PhD, uh, also in Switzerland, I was looking at uh, what we call uh, lip liposomes, which are um, uh, little vesicles. So they're like liquid filled sacs um, made from lipids. Uh, and we use them to uh, deliver uh, drugs to the heart uh, during heart attack and I thought this was really cool to have a, a cardiologist and a chemist and a physicist as uh, as my supervisors so this has been kind of this multidisciplinary attitude I've taken on through my postdoc and now as assistant professor at Chalmers so we work at designing these lipid uh, nanocarriers for drug delivery and for diagnostics uh, and for really understanding um, how, how we can translate them to the clinic and, and uh, all of the kind of new cool, exciting things we can do with these more complex vesicles as well, which we're now working on. Maybe I can ask you, so what, what brought you to West Sweden? Um, it was the constellation, of basically, of all of these really exciting different players that we have growing now. Uh, and as someone who's beginning their independent career, it's really exciting to grow with that constellation as well. Uh, so I was involved in the Formula X consortium from uh, 2018, uh, when I was a postdoc in the group of Molly Stevens up at Karolinska Institute. And, and there I just, I thought it was so cool when we came to these meetings and, and we met all of these amazing different academic groups that were doing uh, different but overlapping research, uh, working around this uh, field of uh, nucleic acid therapeutics. And, um, and then also the industrial side of it. So working with AstraZeneca, actually going there and meeting people and building personal relationships there, seeing what it actually, what do they do there? And, and and, and the other companies as well. So there's Camurus down in Lund, uh, uh, who we've worked with as well. And then also up in, in Stockholm, uh, Vironova. And uh, understanding all of these um, different spin-off 
chefs that have come up around Chalmers as well, who I'm still still in touch with, like Nano Lies and Lanterna. Uh, and then, um, uh, so there's all of this going on. And then on top of that, we have Goku, um, which is just a really fascinating and, and huge opportunity for someone at my stage to actually be able to translate what we're doing to the clinic, which is ultimately the aim uh, for me anyway. And and one of the other big pools as well to, to West Sweden is the ESS, the European Spallation Source, uh, yes. because neutron scattering is another big kind of branch of the research that we do. Wonderful. And I understand you've, you've uh, lived and worked in uh, um, several different countries as well. Yeah, um, I didn't realize this was a, a part of my personality, but I think it is. <laughs> Over time, it's become apparent. Uh, yeah, so I, I grew up in Scotland and then I, I lived in London and in Basel and Geneva in Switzerland um, uh, and then also in Stockholm and now in Gothenburg. Wow, fantastic. What a, what a wonderful journey. So many perspectives you must have got on that on, along the way. It's been really good fun, yeah, the, from the scientific perspective as well as the kind of international environment. And that's something that's actually really nice about being here as well. There's a really, uh, people come with different life experiences scientifically and, and personally as well, which is a really nice dynamic environment to be in. Great. If we, um, if we focus on uh, Formula X, so can you just sort of give our listeners an, an overview of what it is and uh, what the aims are? So Formula X uh, started in 2017. It's funded by the SSF and it's an industrial research centre. Um, and the point of it is that it, academics and industry players work together uh, to answer uh, strategically uh, significant questions uh, for the national and international community. And so the question that we are answering is the question of how do we design new tools uh, to enable us to really harness the potential of nucleic acid therapeutics. Uh, and we've seen that there's also a lot of interest in developing the nucleic acids um, uh, through uh, the work of Oligonova. Um, and, and generally in the Goku constellations. Um, uh, but this is, uh, when we began this, we were also des designing techniques to study um, how you can quantify how things work, um, which is really this kind of fundamental um, understanding really underpins how we can then translate it. So there are um, several academic teams. There's uh, Chalmers, Gothenburg University, uh, and Karolinska. Um, and um, and then we also work with AstraZeneca and the lipid company Camurus and Vironova and then there are spin-out companies that have been generated as well and um, and we have lots of different competences so Good. they're um, uh, we're developing ways to study individual particles um, uh, how, to, how are they uptake and how are they trafficked in the cells um, developing probes to study um, how uh, uh, how can you actually study where the RNA goes so that's the work of Marcus Wilhelmsen's group which right. has been uh, spun out to Lanterna um, and um, and then the, the spin out as well from the um, individual particle stuff is Nanolize um, you've met yeah, us as well right. exactly yes uh, so so we're all we're meeting this afternoon actually for a scientific update so I'll hear what everyone else has been up to cool. since then but it's it's been really fascinating to see how far how far we've got it sounds extremely exciting <laughs> Um, wonderful. And maybe with um, yeah, the next-gen nucleotide-based uh, uh, medicine. So w when are we going to get some of those and uh, <laughs> why are they so exciting? <laughs> uh, 
I I hope soon. <laughs> um, so I think it's it's just really fascinating the idea that you can basically uh, identify uh, nucleic acids that can that can be used to treat. Uh, almost any disease um, and that being able to do that without having to go through the rigmarole of small molecule development um, is is just incredible it's such a turning point for what we can achieve uh, in the clinic uh, but one of the the questions that I'm really interested in is how do we actually make them go where we need them to go mm. uh, so for the COVID vaccines uh, we used um, mRNA uh, but there we just needed it to go into the muscle where we inject it so this was um, a relatively kind of straightforward, uh, comparatively anyway, uh, way to deliver. Um, it just just needed to be injected into the arm. Uh, but then if we consider if we want to target the heart or, or the lungs or the brain, uh, we need to be able to make the nucleic acids go there uh, and they need to be packaged safely. So that's what we work on um, in my group is designing the delivery vectors themselves. Um, and I think one of the things that's going to be key to pushing it towards the clinic is having these constellations when stuff can go fast. Um, so speak, we were speaking uh, with some uh, people who've been involved in GOKO from the inception. And I think the, the speed with which they've constructed the site <laughs> uh, is hopefully a metaphor for the speed with which we'll be able to um, uh, continue the research um, because we'll have the environment to be able to, um, to have these uh, collaborations that can can work uh, efficiently together to achieve these goals because I would love to see these things in the clinic in the next uh, in the next years. It sounds like a real uh, really cool example of uh, industry uh, academia collaboration. Uh, so how how do you what's your perspective on that with the opportunities and the challenges uh, related to academia talking with industry and, and vice versa? I think it's been a really good opportunity to see how it works well through Formula X. Uh, and one of the things that I've I felt is really important is the fact that we have our meetings um, at the universities, but also at AstraZeneca. And so we, we have this kind of understanding of the physical environment where each other works. Um, we have we, the chance to develop um, more personal relationships as well with the people so we get to know each other a bit better. And I think that's the key. I mean, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. I don't say, oh, I collaborate with Karolinska Institute or I collaborate with Imperial College London. I say, I work with so-and-so at this institute. Uh, and it's actually the person that's important. And the same is true for industry academia relationships. It's the people working together. It's not the company and the university no. on the kind of boots on the grounds level. Um, and that's, uh, you have to have those relationships yep. uh, to be able to foster this sort of science. Mm. That's so that's been something that's been really good about Formula X. Cool. And this, this podcast, the, the name of it is That, that Human Touch. Yeah. And I think uh, uh, so it's fantastic with all the science and the, the developments in technology that we have. But uh, I don't think you can ever truly replace uh, that human touch and the, the sort of looking people in the eyes and, and that trust that you can get when, uh, um, yeah, when you can see who they are and what they do. And yeah. uh, then I think that facilitates uh, all different aspects of working together as well. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that completely. Yeah. Uh, and can you just give us a little bit more insight into that day daily uh, operations, working with the, the small companies, the big companies, the different academic groups? So uh, you, you mentioned a little bit what your team does. How 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 does it, how does it all fit together? Um, so we talk a lot to each other. I would say that's the key, <laughs> the human touch, yep. um, and. Um, uh, 
I think the key thing is identifying where people have uh, complementary competences where we can really come together and uh, and work more efficiently as a team. Uh, so we have uh, a lot of different constellations within Chalmers, like the areas of advance. Uh, we have nano and materials and, and health areas of advance, which are all relevant to my research. And that allows the academics to meet and interact and to um, have the chance to form these um, uh, collaborations uh, and then in terms of the industry side I think that's one of the things that Chalmers does very well because it is a, 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 a university that's geared towards technology um, we're, we're good at, at disseminating this knowledge and, and translating it uh, and one of the things that's nice about working in Gothenburg specifically is the geographical location of everybody it's mm. easy to go and meet people yes. physically yep very good Anna, can you share some insights on uh, on the team that you've got uh, working with uh, Formalex? And I understand there there are people from uh, both uh, academia and industry there. Um, what else can you share about that? Yeah, it's been really interesting to see how people have actually come together, and the fact that some of us are in academia and some of us are in industry is is uh, is is not a big deal. It's it's almost irrelevant in some cases. We've seen uh, examples of postdocs who have begun on the academic side in the academic groups, and now they're very successful at AstraZeneca. Um, and then it's also um, opened up the the doors for collaboration as well, just in general. So, for example, um, through uh, contacts that I made through Formula X. Uh, when I had a PhD position open, um, uh, a candidate was suggested to me who was already working in AstraZeneca and she's applied and she's one of my, my first recruits. So it goes both ways. There's been a, a really nice uh, transfer of, of knowledge and transfer of um, ideas as well between academia and industry, which is a, a really good environment to work in. Great. And I understand uh, is it Frederick Hook is uh, involved in the project as well. I think he's involved in a lot of projects, so it's not surprising he's involved in this one as well. Uh, how, is he, how is he to work with and uh, what sort of uh, inspiration does he provide? Uh, it's been really great to work with Frederick. Um, so he's uh, he leads uh, uh, the consortium and he's been uh, really uh, uh, instrumental in, in getting all of the academic players together uh, and uh, and also actually in terms of uh, support for the younger researchers. So there's uh, actually two of us who've been involved uh, uh, in the team who got ERC starting grants uh, this round, which is um, uh, which is testament to kind of the kind of exciting science that we've been exposed to and then the way that it's enabled us to to really have the possibility to to dream really big about what we can achieve i'm keen to know what what actually drives you why do you do this i i just have a really big curiosity for figuring out how stuff works i think that's that's it in a nutshell i've i've always been really interested in understanding why does this do this and uh, how could we how could we change it to make it do something different and that's kind of been reflected in in my um my scientific journey as well i did chemistry and then in my phd i, I had uh, medical applications and uh, learned uh, x-ray tomography at synchrotron facilities and then in my postdoc i, I went back to a, a really, really big group, uh, Imperial College London, Molly Stevens group, where um, there were loads of different really cool um, uh, biomedical engineering uh, projects going on and really learned a lot of different things there. Uh, and then I went to Medical University, Karolinska Institute, and now I'm uh, at Chalmers from the engineering side. But uh, also in terms of what I do, I do neutron scattering and I do um, uh, lipid nanoparticles for medical applications. And um, they're, they're two different competences, but I like that. I like having lots of different things um, uh, to think about at the same time, lots of different avenues to explore. 
Um, I also wanted to ask your general mm. thoughts on life science in West Sweden and uh, living and working in, in Sweden as a non-Swede. Uh, I think it's a really good place to be. Um, we actually um, uh, moved to Sweden when we had young kids, um, obviously for the for the science, but also because we realized that it would be a, a nice place for family. Uh, and that's uh, certainly been true. Um, I think it's it's been fun to learn the language. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm very good at it, but my colleagues are very polite and say, <laughs> say that they understand me all the time. So that's good. <laughs> and um, uh, it's... Uh, it's it's a really nice kind of quality of life here i would say um i think that the it's not a very big country so no. but coming from scotland i can kind of relate to how a country this size works um but i've uh, i've really enjoyed the the scientific community it's for my field it's so exciting to mm. have um all of these big um uh, companies and the universities and then the ess and max for it's it punches way above its weight in terms of um uh, of what it can deliver as well. Yeah, you mentioned uh, uh, ESS. So can you tell us a little bit more about that and how so both uh, industry and academia can, can make use of that? Yeah, it's it's going to be a really amazing opportunity for people in Sweden to have this on our doorstep. So the ESS is the European Spallation Source uh, and the Spallation uh, refers to how they actually produce the neutrons that they use for their experiments. Uh, and these sorts of facilities work um, by having all sorts of different beamlines that can probe things from uh, individual atoms down to uh, kind of ma almost macro macromolecular structures, kind of like almost into the millimeter uh, range and and uh, depending on the so-called beam line that you use, you can do these sorts of different experiments there. Um, and uh, it's a sister uh, facility to Max4, which is next door. Max4 uses X-rays right. um, uh, to study the same sorts of length scales. Uh, but the advantage of using neutrons is that you can you can access qualities of information that you can't access with X-rays. So you can see differences between um, uh, different sorts of, of materials. Like, for example, in, in my field, you can see differences between uh, the RNA and the lipids and the proteins in a, in a lipid nanoparticle. So mm. you can understand how it's constructed. Yes. And um, this is... Uh, access to these facilities is probably one of the things that puts people off using them. Mm -hmm. uh, they're very impressive. You could always say imposing when you see them. They're huge, uh, huge uh, facilities. The one we go to at the moment at the Rutherford Appleton Labs um, in the UK uh, is uh, an old aircraft hangar. Yes. And, um, and uh, when you're actually there, there are lots of buttons. It's a radiation class facility, so you know um, it, it can it can seem a bit imposing. But actually, they're really really accessible mm. um, for people who are, are in in the scientific community, either in academia or in industry. And there are various different routes that you can apply for beam time. And um, if people haven't applied to go and use them before, the best way is to get in touch with the beamline scientists who actually work at the instruments. Many of them have also designed the instruments that they're working at. Great. So they can tell you, okay, this is what we want to study. And they can tell you how they think it would be possible. Um, and then going back to kind of human relationships, this is one of the things that uh, is really great if you have a relationship with the beamline scientists and they understand your research and they're interested in it, then they can also help there. Um, so I think if if there's interest to use these facilities or to know more about what 
what they could do. I'm always happy to talk about it <laughs> for sure. Uh, but also the information is available online for the Beamline scientists. And on the website, to, I guess. Yeah, yeah, on the website. Mm -hmm. So just get in touch and, and ask what's possible. Cool. Yeah, I, maybe I just want to talk to a Beamline scientist uh, just to, yeah, to see how, how they are. Yeah, I could I could definitely suggest a few if you wanted to. <laughs> Great. No, but that's uh, that's a very nice uh, uh, shout out to uh, to that fantastic facility. Yeah, it's going to be really great. It's going to be a really world leading facility as well, the ESS. Great. Uh, and last question: um, If there are um, talented scientists, academics out there uh, in the world, and uh, I don't know, maybe you've heard about West Sweden, but no, don't know too much about it, uh, what advice uh, would you uh, would you give to them? Uh, I think it's really exciting the environment that we have, and also the environment that we're, we're growing here. Uh, there's uh, a lot going on in terms of uh, collaboration between academia and industry, uh, and uh, really building up um, uh, this environment where you can have these these great ideas. You can meet the teams that you need to be able to realize them and you can see them translated through. Um, so it's it's been really exciting for me as well, seeing the GOKO is just getting up and, and running at the same time as I'm beginning my career and also the ESS, which will come online uh, during the first years of my career. And, and Chalmers as well uh, has a lot of really exciting initiatives uh, to support young researchers and uh, also to support the networks that you really need to thrive. So you think you, you might be uh, in West Sweden for a few years more? I think we're going to be in West Sweden for a long time more, yes. Excellent. Maggie, thank you so much for your time. You've been a, a wonderful guest. Thank you so much for having me, Jamie. Okay, so now that we've had an amazing discussion with Maggie, don't go anywhere just yet. We have a special bonus guest for you. Okay, and uh, we're actually joined by a special guest. Uh, we've got uh, Bo Norman. He just walked into the uh, studio. And uh, Bo, he's a senior advisor uh, for innovation at Chalmers. So welcome to our pod. Thank you very much. And I just wanted to ask you, so uh, uh, your perspective on uh, health innovation, life science in West Sweden, how do you see it? Well, I've been working quite extensively with uh, this area of life science in West Sweden since back in 2011, when I was involved in a sort of a study of the future of, of uh, life science in, in West Sweden. Cool. And uh, now I'm kind of seeing it coming alive. Fantastic. That, that study was in Ingvar Carlsson, was that? Yes, that was the so-called Ingvar Carlsson study. And, and how do you see things have progressed uh, since then? First, maybe what, what, what did that study show and uh, how do you see the progression now? Well, it showed that there was a really great potential and a lot of interesting science and also in the industry, really th interesting things were done. But it also took some time to, for the ideas to kind of mature. And it maybe in the beginning, there was some kind of uh, resistance also to the change needed. But in the last, say, five years or so, there's really been an explosive development here. Wonderful. What do you think are some of the uh, coolest things that are exploding at the moment? Well, I've been working with a few of them. Of course, now we're at GOKO and, and really seeing all the buildings coming up here is very interesting, adjacent to AstraZeneca. And, and I've been working a lot with AstraZeneca in the last 
seven years or so, I've been involved in what's called the Formal X, one of the research uh, centers, which is jointly sort of steered by Chalmers and AstraZeneca. And, and now we're looking into how that can be a part of the future development here at GOCO. Wonderful. Maggie Holm, she's very heavily involved in uh, the Formula X project. Yes, and Maggie is one of the recent re- recruited assistant professors at Chalmers, and she's really one of our rising stars. Wonderful. I want to ask you both. So, I don't know, you, you must see a lot of innovation uh, from all over the in different uh, genres in uh, Chalmers, but what's the coolest thing about your job? The coolest thing is when a researcher walks in and says, we think we've found something and we're not quite sure what it can be. And then you can start a journey and trying to develop into something really exciting. Sometimes research are very sort of focused and they know from the start where they want to go. But the, the really exciting things are the ones where you don't see from the beginning, but then it can mature into something very interesting and cool. And for me... It also means, of course, that I have to learn new things all the time, which is good because I have to keep up. Wonderful. We all do. We all try and try and do that anyway. Uh, and then, uh, so as you said, we're, we're here at uh, GoCo and uh, it's fantastic. I think GoCo is a meeting place uh, um, for uh, yeah, everybody involved in the, in the life science community. So Chalmers, so how, how do you use GoCo and how, how is your relationship with, with this place? Well, Chalmers has now become a founding partner of GOKO, and I think we have a couple of, of sort of uh, leads into this area. Uh, one is, of course, the life science area where I'm mostly involved, but we also have, also linked with the Chalmers Health Engineering area of Advance, we have the sports technology area, which is also a very important part for Chalmers. And also, I think, uh, for the companies uh, uh, that are going to be developing here, Many parts of Chalmers could be interesting. Also, the, our material science, our AI research, etc. So, for this is a life science area, and Chalmers um, has a very broad base of things that can are utilizable for for life science. Okay, so uh, hopefully there'll be uh, a few people from outside West Sweden uh, listening to uh, this podcast as well. Uh, so when it comes to sort of talent attraction and in- investors, so why 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 do you think they should uh, be looking at West Sweden as a as a place to come to or to invest in? Well, my vision for the future is that in let's say ten to twelve years' time, when people think about West Sweden, they will say, "Oh well, West Sweden." Don't they also make cars there? So we shift the focus from cars to life science. <laughs> I like that. That's a great vision. And anything else you'd like to uh, share with uh, with our listeners? Well, I think it's uh, there's a lot of things ongoing here. And what's really developed also in the last few years is there's many different ways you can work in life science in this area. So maybe like 10 years ago, People saw AstraZeneca and not more, much else from the industrial perspective. Now there's from very early startups to big companies working in this area and also very uh, keen development in the hospital area. So I think there's a lot of things you can do. Also, of course, in the research domain. Wonderful. Uh, Bo Norman, thank you very much for coming and uh, talking with us. Thank you.